Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father, my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you this day. Lord, to give you thanks and to gather around your word to hear the words that you speak. That through those words that you give hope, life, purpose, and promise. Lord, we would ask this day that you break them small, fit for our consumption. In your name we pray this. Amen. This morning I invite you to turn to our epistle lesson. If you have brought your Bible along with you, we are in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, beginning in the first verse. This is the second half of Paul's thought that we picked up last week. As he writes to the Thessalonians, there is a constant theme of the end times and how to prepare as people. The Thessalonians are anxious for what that will be. And as he writes and gives them response, he addresses something very specific. And we command you, brothers, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you keep away from any brother who is walking in idleness and not in accord with the tradition that you have received from us. For you yourselves know how you ought to imitate us, because we were not idle when we were with you. And then, towards the end of the lesson for today, you will notice that there is not a word of condemnation for these folks, but rather, he says instead, as for you, brothers. Now such persons can command and encourage in the Lord Jesus Christ to do their work quietly and to earn their own living. I don't know what kind of week you have had. And a lot of times when we come in to gather for worship, we bring all of the things that we have carried for the week and we kind of bind them together in a nice, pretty little package. We put on a strong face and we bear a good front. And yet within us, there's a storm raging because we are hurting from one thing or the other. We are broken from the inside out. And this idea that Jesus is coming soon is something that is not always comforting, but rather one that can also if it's scary. So what can we say? Maybe the week or the season of life has left us feeling spent. Or maybe we are exhausted over heartache. Or maybe grief has washed over us again for one reason or another. What 
can we say when we feel broken down, beat up, and at a loss for words? Paul writes to the Thessalonians, he reminds them not to get wrapped around the axle of end times. They had this idea for some of them that this was something that was going to happen not only within their lifetime, but in some cases even within the week. And so why work? Why bother putting the effort into something that won't matter? If we knew Jesus was coming to call us home tomorrow, would that change how you live your life today? And the tone that Paul sets for the Thessalonians is that it shouldn't change a thing. <clears throat> Knowing that Jesus is coming should not then determine how you behave when you know he is coming. To summarize, he says, do not be idle or neglectful of your work. Do not grow weary in doing good. Oftentimes when I sit down to work on something or write something, I hope that it's going to be something that it is profound and powerful and leaves an impact. You know that like great Gatsby kind of great. When the reality is, is that I may not even go back and reread it, let alone anyone else. But despite my best efforts, nothing brilliant pours forth. And oftentimes I'm still sitting there looking at a blank page. Or maybe it's even like wiping the slobber off because I fell asleep on it. Writer's block is a real thing. And in faith we find ourselves with writer's block as we craft and create our story even when we're just trying to find the right words to say. See, as Jesus is teaching his disciples, preparing them for the end days, today in our gospel text, he tells them, do not prepare beforehand what you will say. This will be your opportunity to bear witness. For I will give you a mouth and wisdom. In other words, he says, I will give you the words that you will speak, which none of your adversaries will be able to withstand or contradict.
faith. When we find ourselves with these moments of writer's block in our own story, we then strive to look busy. But we aren't working. And instead we're making ourselves into idle busybodies, as Paul speaks today. We don't like the sound of silence. And we certainly do not like that sound when it comes forth from heaven. When we ask God a question like, why would you let that happen? Why? Did you let this person get hurt? Why did they die? And we try to make sense out of the things that we cannot begin to wrap our minds around because they are only big enough for God to handle. Because the weight that it carries is that much. Because life is that precious in God's eyes. That he says there are times when you cannot carry the weight, but I will do that for you. And we don't like the sound of silence. When we ask God, when will you come home? Or when will you come to take us home? And when will you come to make this all go away? When will you make the pain stop? See, this is where the gospel enters in. And it challenges. And it upends the way that our story works. And reminds us that it's not about writing your story. But it's about Christ's work in writing his story through you. See, the problem with idleness is that we become complacent. And in complacency, we are too comfortable to actually get up and do something, speak something, be something. Because we're afraid of failure, we are afraid of pain, we are afraid of whatever it might be. But see, we look at idleness and we say, well, those are just lazy folks. And yeah, there might be some of those folks, but the vast majority of idleness also is born out of brokenness. Because we just simply do not know what to do. And so we do the things that are within our comfort. The things that allow us the illusion of crafting the story around us. But you are neither the author or the perfecter of your faith. The way, in other words, the how, the way we work in faith, speaks 
to why we work at all. We don't work for a paycheck. We don't simply work to have a roof over our family's heads. We don't simply work to pay the bills. You were made for more than that. The reason that we work is a matter of stewardship. In our gospel text today, the disciples are walking with Jesus and they look up and they marvel at the temple. Look how beautiful it is. Look how much it shines. And look at what we have made. And instead of going, you know what, guys, you're right. That is awesome. And I'm going to be sure that the one that we see in the new Jerusalem, when I restore the earth, it's going to look just like this one. Instead, Jesus goes, I tell you, not one stone will be left standing upon the other. And then it only goes downhill from there. We don't work to grow our castles, but rather to invest in the expansion of God's kingdom. Are we working? Both in our toiling as we labor and in our wrestling with God, are we working in ways that are worth imitating. Paul writes to the Thessalonians and he says, I command you to imitate us in the example you know that we set. Which is a nice way of Paul going, y'all, I learned the lesson the hard way and before you get the holy two by four, I'm giving you the easy way out. Just follow me, imitate me. But he says, we encourage and command in the Lord Jesus Christ to do their work quietly and to earn their own living. And as for you, brothers, do not grow weary in doing good. In other words, it's not by our strength that we stand. And it's not by our breath that we speak. And it's not by our means that we share the story that God gives. And it certainly isn't by my ability to stand from my knees when I've been brought to it for one reason or another. And Paul says, don't grow weary in doing good. Don't stop when you're tired. So 
even in those moments when writer's block has us from being able to see past our own story in the blank page before us. We take great confidence and hope in remembering that it's already been written well before we were born. And that in this story, your name has been written into it in the Lamb's Book of Life. But in all things and in all ways, God always gets the glory, now and forevermore. Amen.